1: Is yeah, this thing on, on. Yeah, all you're right. right? Yeah, it's on. It's on. I'm not gonna waste any of that precious moments of talking on non. Yeah, all, this,
2: all the material we have.
1: Yes. Uh, so basically, um, oh, who are we? What are we? This is Slow robot Go Big Show number nine zero. That rhymes. I'm a rapper now. Uh, so yes, Slow Robotago Go Show ninety. um if you don't know where to find us, this is the normal shtick I do. Uh, you can go to slowrobotagogo.wordpress.com. I, uh, do, that's like the actual blogosphere spot where this show resides, where I do other updates and put, post silly things, put up other things, uh, more than you'd get just from your iTunes lead, uh, link. Um, or you can go to bunchofdorks.com where you can, uh, find the three, that's the entertainment hub of the universe, really. Uh, If you're not there, then you are, as the kids don't say anymore, square. Uh, You can check, you can push the button for a bunch of dorks. That was a long-running show that was on hiatus, but I have since dusted the, I've dusted it off and turned on the microphones. And just this week, I have resurrected those beats, uh, as the kids, again, don't say. And um, so I started up a new show with a bunch of dorks where basically, uh, yeah, where it's just a bucket of dork or a bunch of me is the name of that one now because it's just me talking and playing music. Then the other button there is the Slow Robot A Go Go button where you can get shows. Uh, you can get us on iTunes and Stitcher and blah, blah, blah. Tell your friends. Join our Facebook group. All that fun stuff. And there's one other button. And who am I? My name is Mao. And who is with me as yeah, always? wait waiting for your name because yeah. I've forgotten it already. Yeah, I know. For all this all this corporate <laughs> babbling <laughs> I'm doing. Yeah. I was like, you should check us out and thing and stuff and man. And who else is here with me? Dr. Morbius. From Parts Unknown. And I think he's part of the third button that you can choose on Bunch of Dorks. The two-dimension button. Mm, yes. The comic the, book button. Is Now, is the button two-dimension, or is it like is it a three-dimensional button? I think it's a two-dimensional it button. It is a two-dimension yeah. button. Wow. Yeah, we don't have a 3D one That's yet. That's so but we, uh, meta, bro. Yeah, That's yeah, meta. Yeah. So what else do you have going on, Dr. Morbius from Parts Unknown?
2: Destination Nightmare, my other blog where we do comics and movies and podcasts and... All sorts of goofy fun stuff uh right there's writing on it too. there's words, so you have to read a little
1: bit sometimes. read with your eyeballs and listen with your earballs, yeah, nice all right, <laughs> whatever that means it means nothing it's just stupid <laughs> okay. it's stupidity. I took my gibberish pill this morning, apparently, yeah, yes, this is a Saturday morning show, so things are still a little bit hazy. I left early, uh, I went home early last night from work, so. I partake. I partook in some beer. Oh, that's. So. What oh, that's why. I'm. I'm yeah. a little crusty this morning, but not so bad. I'm all right. Oh, okay. So basically, what have you watched this week? We'll go right into it. Did you watch? I see. We had this big of like week long event t- with all this moving around and stuff at my work. Like uh, hours wise, I was off. I, I didn't get to. I didn't watch anything this week. Like I watched one movie besides the one we had to. Wow, nothing, huh? Just two movies total for the whole week, which is crap for me.
2: Well, I, I kind of watched
1: movies, but I
2: watched them partially because it's one of those deals where I was on and I was I was burning it. And I was watching it, but I was also drawing at the same time. So it was kind of oh. like, did I really give my full attention to this movie or these movies or not? But I guess I could talk about them a little bit. Why not? Yeah, sure.
1: Go ahead. Uh, we uh, got an hour to kill. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, TNT played... Um, a double feature which is made by the same company I think they were made by the same company but Columbia for some reason Columbia seems to own one whereas the other one seems to have fallen into public domain anyway weird Billy the Kid versus Dracula which is the the <laughs> one that I watched and then the other one is Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter now I didn't watch Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter because I've seen it before recently but the Billy the Kid one I haven't seen a lot and it's great schlock let me tell you, you know, that's from so weird I never even heard
1: of this genre the weird westerns, yeah, like westerns where they paired them up against, yeah, like, like the war- gunfighters. <laughs> oh, my god, was this a thing? Did they do a lot of these, or just, just
2: they did a few, not many, you know? These are the only two of that caliber now, oh of that god. Frankenstein's daughter and Dracula. But in the 50s, they did Universal did one called I think it was called Curse of the Undead, where they had a vampire gunfighter guy in the west, and um, uh, spoiler alert. So don't listen if you don't want to hear the ending of this. (laughs) They kill him by putting, by shooting him with a silver bullet with a cross embedded in it. So there you go. Wow. Yeah, curse of the curse of the undead. Yeah, so they did delve into that a little bit. But yeah, Jesse James is and and meets Billy. uh, Jesse James, Billy (laughs) the Kid meets Dracula. Sorry, I'm getting him confused. It's got John Carradine in it, hamming it up big oh, time.
1: I mean, big time beyond. John Carradine is the king of schlock. Like he, he chews scenery on every, every uh, whenever he's there. We, we should watch this one because it's only
2: seventy minutes and it's just like so dopey. It's, it's I'm on board. It's great, dopey fun. And so, uh, so yeah. We have,
1: when, coming up next, we have Flesh Gordon. Uh, yeah, and, maybe. And then this one, maybe maybe we'll sw- sw- swippy swap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll maybe. do that one. I mean, you'd have to burn it for me, but I'm I'm on board with it. It that's was on. The... It
2: was on Turner Classic Movies a
1: couple of weeks ago, so both of them were. And I just
2: record them to see if they had, <laughs> if they were like widescreen. And they weren't. They were shot in you know pan, pan and scan. Pan but, and not pan and scan, but yeah, four three or whatever. You know, so they're 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 what they are. And and uh, yeah, this just sixties color dopiness. And uh, oh
1: my god, that's awesome.
2: I watched another one. That called destination inner space and it's a uh, it's a um, honey i shrunk the kid kind of thing no no no. It's almost like the creature from the Black Lagoon, but it's a cheapy version of it. I mean, they're 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 exploring underwater, uh-huh. and they come across this, like, monster or whatever, and they, like, you know, they tangle with it. And, well, what's inner space? I don't get the name. Well, inner space is going kind of like underwater or whatever. You know, instead of outer space going up in the sky, inner space, huh. I guess they meant would be, like, you know, underwater or whatever. So well, that's confusing. Uh, it's, it's like, uh, but I mean, it's like I, 60s yeah. fun. Yeah? Yeah, no, it's that's right. cool. It's all right, yeah. So that was it for the week. I watched
1: those two and uh, you know. Wow. The only one thing I did watch other than our movie was uh I watched 6 Bullets, which that was the absolute last published uh Van Damme movie for my list.
2: How bad is it?
1: No, it's good. Oh, it's cra- I mean, he's just playing him. Uh but it, that like that concludes up to this point now. Now I have seen every Van Damme movie. In, uh, in chronological order to date. So you don't so,
2: have... The, you're missing a few, right? No, well,
1: there's the one that was never released yet, but I heard it's going to be released. Okay. So, I mean, of course, he's still working, so I'll still be adding... I'll, I'll still be watching movies as they come out, but now I'm, like, up to date, which you, you, is a, you got a massive follow. feat. That 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 is that is 55 movies in the chronological order of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Which is your favorite? Oh, my. Well... Um, let me think. Boy, that's a good question. Hmm.
2: Which is the most memorable, maybe.
1: Well, the most memorable is probably going to be Bloodsport, but I don't think that's his best. Um, I liked him in Universal Soldiers. I, I actually kind of really have a... I like Universal Soldiers. Uh, hmm. All
0: right, I'd well. have to
1: say Bloodsport, I guess. During that whole, that whole... That time period was when he was really kind of new and hot, like, as far as, like, movie business like where they were really throwing a lot of stuff at him like so he did the quest and he did like uh, like he did a lot of like the journeyman fighter kind of movies you know yeah, yeah. Uh, blood sports the most memorable I like time cop a lot too Now time cop is really cheese ball when you look at it now but I still like like it you know it's a very <laughs> uh, very cool um, concept I'm surprised they haven't redone Time Cop to believe, believe you know Oh they will they just heard you <laughs> Yeah because cuz um it's the the premise is really awesome it just was cheeseball cuz it was 80s you know like the the technology they used for the CG and stuff was a little bit hokey um but really good you know really good overall I really enjoyed it so I I guess I'll say Time Cop is my favorite Bloodsport was probably his best or Jean-Claude Van Damme JCVD Is that that's that retrospective kind of movie? That's got to be that's one of the highest rated. That's you know that has a lot of inner his own personal demons that he struggled with, kind of put out there for everyone. And there's a point where the the movie sets falls apart and he's talking earnestly, and you can tell he's talking about him earnestly. You know even though this is it's a very strange movie. It's a very good movie.
2: Now, do you uh. think that phenomenon has kind of died down a little bit of the action here? I mean, there's a superhero now, you know,
1: but the... The, the, the lines are definitely blurred. Because superhero... Now, like, it's almost like they're cranking those out of a factory. Oh, those yeah, damn superhero ones, I can't even keep up with how many there are. I mean, there's... They just keep going. They just keep, like, they just keep throwing stuff at the wall to see what would stick. But I think there's kind of... You're seeing a little bit of a rebirth of the superhero... I mean not, I mean of the action hero but it's they're doing it in ways like Fast and the Furious mm. you know uh GI Joe they're kind of making franchises out of action now like it's Expendables, of course that's the that's the peak of just dopey action you know right um, right yeah they, and uh so I think the I think the genre will always be part of the mo- of the movie going experience but they're just trying to figure out ways to keep it viable and keep making money out of
2: it But right? I mean is is there somebody today that would be like a... Like an action hero? Okay. Yeah, I mean, The Rock, maybe, or... Um, ben
1: Diesel, The Rock. um the, the guy from The Transporter. Who's that guy? Uh, I don't know oh, his name, but I know God. who he is. Oh, I can't believe I can't think of his name. Okay. Um, yeah.
2: But they're not really karate guys. Right
1: they're, then, yeah, really? they're not. It isn't so distinct. Like, the 80s, it was such a new thing that they were just like, oh, okay, you're the karate guy that's going to kind of replace Chuck Norris. And you're the guy who's going to be like this this version of um, who's the Death Wish guy, Uh, Bronson. Bronson, yeah, yeah.
2: Like so they had before that it was Eastwood and John Wayne.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they just kind of got bigger and stronger and dumber. Not dumber. I shouldn't say that. More muscular, like like more muscular, a little bit less intellectual. And now this this newer version is is really kind of off the charts, extreme, like how everything is, you know. So. Well, it's, it's a... kind of like the movies have to compete with video games now, so they have to get more extreme. Oh yeah, yeah. You know,
2: and those lines are getting blurred now because I saw like a, a video game that has William Defoe and Ellen
1: Page, oh, the actors my... in Did it. Did you see that? Yeah, like I, I just like I, them. on the banner, and it does. Like I, I'm, I'm a, I'm falling out of video games. I, I have a, almost all the systems. Um, and my whole life I've always played video games, but I noticed the last couple years I really, I don't play. Video games like I used to, you right. know, and they just, to me, they're kind of getting all the same. Like, you know, I don't know, but yeah, I did see the the, the teaser for that one. I was like, wow. You I know? guess
2: they must be paying them like a mill or something to the use their likenesses oh or my voices God. or whatever.
1: The, the production costs of video games has now equals production costs of movies. That's crazy. Yep. Yep. It, it, the, the The return on investment is almost impossible to to achieve. Like. They have a house that would... Like a, like a video game production company that'll make, uh, let's say, like Bioshock. Now that one makes its money back. It, it's, these are teams of hundreds of people and, like, you know, composing the score yeah, yeah. And, and the graphics and the storyline and stuff. Like, what goes into making a, a video game is not, like, how they used to just crank them out, you know? Right. It's insanity. You know, like, like they'll work on something like this. The one that I'm very excited for is a Mario... Um the the newest Mario is finally coming out for the Wii U. Um and just I watched the trailer for it. It's coming out November 22nd and I really I was like, "Oh my god. Just and the Mario game c- continues to evolve, you know, they always have it. The production's insane. Like hmm. the sh- the stuff you're looking at on screen, you are just like, w- "What?" Like it looks like you're watching a movie, you know, and it's yeah, yeah. and it's so immersive, you know. So it's kind of Well, that's whatever. what they're trying to do. They have to compete, you know.
2: Yeah, I, I liked it better when there was a difference, but now it's just going become, become the whole same. Yeah. I mean, you think at some point they could have, like, a video game that you played on an IMAX theater or something like that, like, you know, some ginormous video I don't know. game, some, like, weirdness like that. Yeah, you never whatever.
1: know. You never know what's going to happen. But then the funniest thing is then then a game like Angry Birds comes along, and it's just one dude made it, and you know he's invested time but it just takes off and it gets so crazy big that he you know that guy is probably um, multi-millionaire many times over and he just invented this game about throwing birds at stuff (laughs) and so there's no real formula it's another thing like movies where people think they know the formula but they don't you don't know what's going to hit you know when you walk out of fast and the furious one which the first one I thought was a very good movie I was like that was a great movie fun action dumb lots of fast cars you know that ties into our thing today but that was it like never in my brain did i go oh there's sure going to be 90 of these you know there didn't need to there doesn't need to be a retelling of the story or like i don't care about those characters enough that i want to see them developed over years but that's what happens now you and you yeah, the original fast and the furious was a corman film
2: from mm. like the 50s which <laughs> that's hilarious did that have necklace in it uh no i don't think so Jack Nicholas, Jack he's Nicholson one, he's, in of, he's in one of those <laughs> yeah though, but I don't Hot think Rod Gang
1: he's in Hot Rod yeah, Gang yeah and
2: he's in another one too but I can't think of the name but it's not Fast and Furious okay when he was a teenager or 20 year old or something and
1: like I that? of course I meant Nicholson Jack Nicholson not Jack Nicholas. the golfer I don't think the golfer was in any Fast and Furious movies no
2: but he could still alive it'd mean, be fun.
1: funny if like the police like hired Jack Nicholas to help them and like when a car came speeding by he just drove a golf ball into their head and made him crash like I'll stop them just a golf ball goes flying and smashes him in the face that's an idea that is an idea it's a a bad one but it's it's an idea idea. Yeah, it is. (laughs) technically those words I said it's an idea Uh all right so that's all we watched this week yeah that's all we got how sad is that man that's a bad week for me I'm gonna I have off uh, from work Monday I'm going to step up my game cuz actually uh this uh, this Sunday I'm I'm doing a I've, I i am doing ai got I contacted a uh production house that some friends of mine from the TV studio uh freelance with and I said look if you ever need a cameraman give me a jingle you know and he said well what what the way we work it is um you have to intern with ship you have to intern with us and then if we if both parties are mutually agreeable, then I'll put you on the list. And sometimes you'll work. And and in an internship is basically one day I go and I shoot with him, And then if he if both sides are like, hey, he does good work, then I then I get it. If not, I don't. No harm, no foul. So tomorrow is my internship. I have to uh, give up my football Sunday for a, I want to say a Hispanic festival, something okay. like a music festival, something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I have to look it up. I do have to do a little bit of research about it. Uh, so I'm going down, and it's uh, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Oh, my God. So I took off. Since my whole Sunday is shot, I took off Monday to probably just relax a little bit, and I'll probably uh, DVR a couple football games to watch, you know.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. I, need, I
1: need it, you know. <laughs> I need the football. So I hopefully I have uh, some fun stories about that next week for all of you all in listener land. But uh yeah. All right, let's take a trailer break and then when we come back. We're not doing a top 10 this week. We're doing some bi- f- bio features.
2: <laughs> bio yeah. features. Wow, that
1: sounds really important, doesn't it? It's not. Now, here's something we hope you'll really like.
0: When you've got nothing and you want everything, you've got to get to be the Mac. I mean, being rich and black means something, man. Don't you know that? The Mac. His business is pleasure. He sells the soft stuff. They're going to have to rewrite the Mac and Game book, baby, you know, because I'm going to be the new king. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the big moment we've all been waiting for. The Mac of the year. Goldie! 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 Brothers going to work it out. Brothers going to work it out. Brothers going to work it out. Max Julian is Goldie, and Goldie is the Mac. The Mac. Richard Pryor and music by Willie Hutch. The Mac from Cinerama releasing. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without penalty. Now that you've seen all the rest, make way for the Mac. The biggest and the best. Because respect and they get an equal share. Gentlemen, we are in big trouble. <laughs> You've heard about it. You've read about it. Now, finally, you can see it. It will be a dangerous trip, and I don't know what we're likely to encounter out there. But someone has got to save the Earth from the treacherous clutches of that evil ray. Sure. Why not? We'll give it a try. Blast off with Flesh Gordon in his cosmic crusade against all evil. <laughs> the unbelievable, death-defying feats of that most remarkable superhero of them all, Flesh Gordon. (laughs) Journey with Flesh Gordon through the dangerous outer reaches of intergalactic space as he joins forces with the mysterious Professor and the lovely Dale Arder to save the Earth from the incredible sex ray. It's so strange in here. I should almost look alive. Flesh Gordon. The preposterous be swept away to the dazzling heights of astonishment as you enter worlds unknown. I'm Prince Precious, rightful heir to the throne of porno. Ah! What is it? A brawler! It's opening! Join Flesh Gordon as the crafty Emperor Wang unleashes the forces of interstellar tyranny against him in a hundred mind boggling adventures. Ah! Flesh Gordon. Look! An outrageous parody of yesteryear's superhero. It's the eighth one of the world. Oh, boy. Not to be confused with the original Flash Gordon.
1: Okay. And we're back. Thank you to, for Flesh Gordon and.
2: The Mac. The
1: Mac. Yeah. That's a crazy movie.
2: I never saw it.
1: I just I saw parts of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. I I mostly know it from the cover.
2: Now, Flesh Gordon, I know. Yeah, I know the cover of the, <laughs> the cover is yeah. so awesome. Yeah, yeah, with the, with the fur coat. <laughs> yeah, on it's dude. almost like, it
1: reminds you of like a Rudy Ray Moore or yeah, something like yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah. like when I looked at it, I was like oh baby you know yeah yeah, yeah. pimp canes a plenty so yeah there was a period of time where. I don't know. Our exploitation movies were really off the chain. Oh
2: man, they were so great back then. And so they, they were, were so cheaply made, but it made them so much better. They're now so they're very funny. expensive to
1: make. They were so funny, like the
2: well, they had to be. They couldn't just rely on CGI. They had to be funny and bizarre and like, you know, twisted and all that to yeah. get people to talk
1: about it. Did you ever see Black Dynamite? No. Oh, it's a good movie. You should watch it. It's funny. It's it's it's, it's a remake of the black exploitation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's done well. Like it's not, it's almost it's not like that cheese ball where they're like making fun of it completely. It's kind of uh, like an like I want to say like an homage to it. But they kept the wackiness in the stupidity. Like they the things that make you laugh about those old ones, you laugh at about this new one. You know, it's it's pretty okay. funny. You know. All right. Yes. So in I uh, there's no point in keeping suspense. The movie that we're going to be reviewing today is um, Two Lane Blacktop. I have. The Criterion Collection which comes with blah 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 and the script and things and whatever. You know how Criterion um Criterion really really makes a nice product but you're paying for that product. Oh I mean, gosh, yes. I like to buy them. You know, I have like the seven Sam Ryan criterion. I have like I if I have the chance I do buy a criterion. But boy that that's one of those things where I'll ask for a criterion like on my birthday or for for Christmas cuz I can't justify spending the money but if it's just a Christmas gift that's fine like for this Christmas I put on uh my parents my mom still to this day my mom says send me a list and sh- you know she wants a list for Christmas and I always like I put the blob the Criterion collection of the blob okay. on there cuz that's going to be as nice of a copy that you'll ever get you know so it's just kind of weird and funny um but, are you getting the Criterion of Manos no Okay. I I do want to get a Criterion of Repo Man, but as I said, that now this is where like the Blob I've only seen once or twice, so I can justify that getting the Criterion of Repo Man. I mean, I've watched that movie so many times I can quote it word for word, like I can do it. I can like those things where I can say it a sentence before it comes out through the entire movie. Why do I need the Criterion? Like I I shouldn't be thinking about getting the Criterion collection because what's the freaking point?
2: Well, it could have um, interviews. It could have a commentary track. It could have... I know. It could have, it like, will, uh, yeah. a lot of things to it. It could have the script. It could have, like, uh, yeah.
1: you know, a lot of coolness or whatever. I, but, you would uh, hope so. But, you know, because yeah. I already bought that one, the little tin one, the 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 one where it's oh, the, yeah, that's the right. license yeah. plate thing.
2: so that's already, like, a special one.
1: Yeah, so I sh- just... I'll get the blob, and that'll be it, you know.
2: Just get the blob. If
1: I was, like, a millionaire, then, yeah, I'd probably just get all the criterion i just could say send me your entire library and i'd have to cut him a check for like a hundred grand or something yeah mm. that's a lot of money that's nah, not worth it <laughs> i don't know that'd be pretty badass yeah. anyway so, so sorry we got sidetracked we'll do that a lot in this movie uh we so two lane blacktop is the, the only movie with brian wilson and um dennis wilson Den- uh, <laughs> dennis wilson <laughs> now, and james taylor and james taylor Now, um, not, I mean, together or at at all, like, um, none of them appeared on any other, in any other movies. Well, Taylor has technically
2: acting They they were in movies like
1: screenplays and and no,
2: they were, yeah, they were in concert movies and documentaries and and crap like that. Yes, of course.
1: These are two, um, musicians basically, basically, you know, so, um, so they're in other things, but this is like officially they're only movies, you know? So we thought instead of our top 10 we would do like a little bio to feature who these people are. Uh tell us who who'd you get? You got the mechanic. Uh the mechanic, Dennis Wilson. Dennis Wilson. Or Brian Wilson? No, Brian Wilson. <laughs>
2: Dennis was the Dennis was the, of the Wilson brothers, the three guys De, uh Carl, Brian and Dennis. He was the guy who was the surfer and the and the outgoing guy. So he basically was the catalyst for Brian Wilson to write songs about surfing and cars and stuff like that, so he is the inspiration. He for was the, the only Beach one Boys. in the Beach Boys that surfed from yeah. what I read. Yeah, Brian Wilson was afraid of the water, and I don't. Carl, I guess he wasn't into it either. So he was like the outgoing, get in trouble guy. You know, and the, he got in trouble. Uh, yeah, later on he did. Yeah, <laughs> and um the wild child, as it were. He also was the one who probably got most of the beatings from. The Wilson brothers' dad who was kind of a jerk and
1: uh Yeah, I heard he was the real piece of crap. Yeah, he
2: was he was he was the producer of the early stuff they did and he was a, a frustrated musician, but he took it out on his kids when they got successful and well before they even got successful. Yeah, it's a whole mess. You can read about it, and there's even T V movies about it or whatever, you know. Basically, right. It basically didn't help Brian Wilson's psyche too much, but um you know, he did good regardless of it, writing all those great songs going going from surf music and beyond to like all these like concept albums and yeah you know almost like symphonic things that he did but anyway dennis was like the dennis was the guy who inspired it and then he became the beach boys drummer right in those uh in those early days before they he was still drumming later on but they always had an extra drummer because uh he was a he was a functioning drummer, but they, you know it wasn 't you know the greatest musician in the world right uh he didn 't really sing a lot of songs early on, but um his one claim to fame at any rate or infamy was that in the early, in the late sixties he uh he shared a house with the Manson family since <laughs> they were they were running around laurel canyon like trying to you know, Manson was trying to get famous, and uh, he's actually a musician. And I think there's even a um, a tape or a CD somewhere of uh, his demos or whatever. But somehow or another, he ended up hanging with, with Dennis yeah. and lived in Dennis's house while while Dennis was touring with the Beach Boys. And, and after a while, things got a little sketchy, and even Dennis kind of got scared of him. So he just kind of, like, left him to the house and bought another house because he was fearing for his life because he didn't know what he... Basically, got himself into there, yeah, or whatever. And definitely. Manson, a frustrated uh, musician, didn't get you know didn't get signed. Even though I I I, I uh, uh, heard an interview with Neil Young saying that he actually had Manson's demo and took it to the Warner Brothers executive, and the Warner Brothers guy turned it down. So Neil <laughs> could have gotten him a gig, but you know, I guess uh, yeah, know, right? Yeah, there's another infamy a moment, but yeah, and uh, we all know what happened with Manson and all that crap. So um, yes. So basically, Dennis, he went on to be a very well-adjusted guy. Oh uh, Yeah, with a swastika f- on his forehead. As much, as well-adjusted as you could be with a swastika <laughs> tattooed on your forehead. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, Dennis basically you know, wrote a song with him, which was on an album. I think it's the album Friends or 2020. It's one of those two. And they actually changed the title of it, and that pissed uh, Charlie Manson off. But he didn't. He didn't. Do anything. He didn't get a chance to. He got right. did the other thing. But anyway, so Wilson went on through the seventies and you know toured with the band and kind of became like a you know the typical druggy, drunk, alky or whatever. Yeah. And then towards the end of the towards the end of the decade, he released a solo album called Pacific Ocean Blue, and it was a really really good record. He was almost like he was almost like Carl was a great singer, Dennis was the great composer, but like. Dennis was an unsung guy too. He was a, he was a great songwriter, kind of, you know, huh. more soulful, maybe the other than under two. And he did this really fantastic record, which came out, didn't really do great, and then was out of print for like I don't know how many years. And then he died shortly after that, and that was wow. That was that was it. And now then can you
1: still get a hold of that record? It's, that... it's been re-released oh, now. Okay, yeah.
2: But for a while there, I had a cassette of it that a friend of mine gave me. So that was the only way you could listen to that record and Boot it's very kinda. yeah mm-hmm. and it's it's a very nice record i mean surprisingly so and then he was recording another one called bamboo that never got released but now if you buy the pacific ocean blue you'll get the other one with him and they're both full of really good songs so it was huh. it's kind of a shame that he died so young because he had i think a lot in him as far as like talent wise you know right. he could have been like he could have been almost like a rival to Brian I think if he would have if he would have kept going but he was also like fueled on you know drugs and booze or right. whatever so you know you know like Keith Moon or the pieces he wasn't you know he wasn't destined to live too long he was burning it. <laughs> right. in both,
1: both was he uh, now he, how did he die uh, overdose
2: I haven't heard it. If he dr- drowned. He drowned, didn't he? He drowned, I think. Yeah. Okay, I he heard. Did. Uh, he that's... might have been a little tipsy when he drowned, but yeah. probably something happened. Yeah, you he know, drowned. You know who else? It's weird. There's been rock stars who drowned too. Jeff Buckley, yeah, the, the singer, the son of Tim Buckley, whatever. And uh, the guy from Spirit, Randy California, the Ramones guy.
1: Did he die? Did he drown? No, yeah, he drowned. Didn't? Wasn't it Dee Dee? Dee Dee drowned. I didn't know. Yeah, that. Yeah, he like he well he was he left the band. Uh-huh. Cause he was doing too many drugs and stuff like that, he yeah. was burning out, and he drowned. Yeah, yeah. And Randy, and, California from
2: Spirit too. Yeah. And Mama Cass guy.
1: drowned in a ham sandwich. Oh well, that's <laughs> that's an
2: apocryphal story. Zing. I don't know. I don't know if that one's true, but uh, yeah, she was pretty hefty. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what was that one? Com- what was that
1: one comedian say? Uh, if Mama Cass had just shared half her sandwich with uh with the carpenters, Karen Carpenter, uh, they'd both be alive. Oh, that's. <laughs> That's rough, man. <laughs> that was I forget what comedian said that. Like I, again, I had this jumble of comedians Aww. like skits in my head and and I can't remember.
2: Karen Carpenter the drumming singer from uh, the Carpenters. You actually <laughs> drummed on stage at the beginning. Later they hired a drummer, but uh that's cheesy music I thought, but then when I go back and listen to it or hear it's yeah. actually really well played, well produced, Some well sung. You know commercial popular music. You know it's not as bad as I thought it was right. back in the day. See, and that's
1: what happens. Like, and I'm get old. <laughs> well, yeah. The older I get, I, I like I expand my musical horizons yeah. and listen to different stuff. And I have some of that stuff out there in the vinyl collection, the Carpenters and some of that stuff where, where I remember it because my parents would listen to it or whatever. And that and I and at the time I was like, this is crap. But you know, but now that you listen to, it, you're like, well this isn't for me but it's not like it's terrible like Abba like I can listen to Abba some and, of it and, yeah. and you listen to it and you're like well this is kind of disco-y and that's not my shtick but I can appreciate it more for what it is you know yeah, than, I, than before when now, don,
2: no, Donny Osmond no <laughs> you know the Partridge family <laughs> great musicians playing on there but I have a tough time maybe a
1: couple songs here and there but not so much you, you see know? I have a, I have all my five, six, seven, eight albums in a Donnie and Marie record box it's so yeah. cheeseball. I was like, "Yes, that's where they're going."
2: Yeah, Maristo looks good. Anyway, know. that's yeah. that.
1: In a nutshell, that's
2: uh, okay. So that's Wilson. there's Dennis more Wilson. to that. But yeah.
1: and mine isn't going to be so in depth. Um, I, I like I, I read a lot of bio stuff about James Taylor, but I I don't even know his music really. But um, well, Your parents probably do. Fire and Rain, Sweet Baby James, You Got
2: a Friend, know. Well, Mockingbird, uh, Up
1: on now, the Now. These almost couldn't be more different um, because. James Taylor, as I read about him, he he was born in um, Massachusetts, and they moved to North Carolina. But they were like from a well-to-do family. They would they would summer in the Hamptons and crap like that. And then he, so he was like the black sheep of a musical family. Everyone else is the same. All his all the siblings were musical, and he was like checked himself in because he was a he was in rehab. Yeah, Yeah, he was a junkie, you know. So he was on. Doing all kinds of crap and you know heroin and stuff like that and boy when you watch this movie you're like people now are are bigger even skinny people even people in America that you think are skinny they ain't you watch a '70s movie these two guys were skinny like yeah. they were just like junkie skinny in the '70s More so you know Taylor than uh, oh Dallas yeah Wilson. oh my god. They were wafer thin, and 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 that's what this guy. I mean, he's known for being a singer songwriter, right? He, he was most one of his biggies. stuff, yeah. He's a big name. He he writes some really great stuff. In fact, I guess when he checked himself in the first time in '69, he checked himself into a into a rehab facility, or what, they just called it a hospital. But yeah, yeah, the writings on the wall. Like,
2: it, it was it was almost like an an asylum, like an insane. Yeah, asylum. yeah,
1: yeah, like a mental, a mental hospital, yeah. and I guess that's where he wrote his first album. I think so, and. and so and and he's you know he is uh he was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame in the year 2000 um you know he he's done so much for for music he's he is great at what he does you know but, but not uh, at acting no not at well <laughs> he, they did what they were supposed to in this movie um uh, yeah. now w- when we talk we'll talk more about the movie but um he's a he's a very liberal guy he's he does a lot of campaigning for like Whoever the liberal person is on the ticket, you know, Obama was he he rallied for Obama. Clinton, Uh, whoever was Kerry. John Kerry, John yeah. Kerry, like he's very, he's a very activist-minded person, and he's very liberal. Great so, peace, yeah, that kind of and, uh, that kind of stuff. No
2: noobs, mm-hmm. and uh, so and um, it and says, he
1: had a thing for he had a thing for a uh, Jewish
2: woman because he <laughs> he was boyfriend with uh, Carol King back in the early seventies. Uh-huh. He did he, you got a friend and all that, and then later and he married Carly Simon, another yeah Jewish singer songwriter. And then, not, you know, women, not 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 a bad thing. They're no. very nice looking. Women, very talented, but he had a thing
1: for And that. they all led to divorces, which well. he said, uh, again, which then in 84, he, he got clean and sober. And he has been since then, from what I understand. Um, And that part of that was his realization, like, you know, I'm the problem. Not It wasn't the, my failed marriages and stuff aren't because of them. They're not junkies. They're not, like, hard to deal with. I am, you know, so... Uh, and that's it. Like, uh, and now he he continues... To, I think he continues to make stuff, doesn't he?
2: Uh, I mean, he might. He just... He does, like, touring a lot, like most of those uh, yeah. rock and roll guys does. I mean, you know, the problem with him is that, like, he got up to a point, a high level, like with uh, Sweet Baby James. Early. Early. And he never... You can't. It never progressed. It. it just became the same thing over and over again. Not maybe yeah. in a lot of ways not as good. He did have pop hits. Right. You know, later on, and he and his greatest hits album went Diamond, went beyond platinum. It's like a diamond. Oh, you know what? I
1: read about him. Everything he's done ha, it, every album he's ever made is Diamond or Better.
2: Wow. He's that popular. I, except
1: for like I think it said for one. Wow! So that's like a big deal. Like that means that's like that. That's oh almost yeah. Incredible. And he
2: was actually signed to the Beatles. Yeah, album yeah. Apple. He was one of the first signees, so they did the first album for Apple Records, and then he went to the U.S. and you know worked that's for Columbia right, or whatever. That's right. So yeah, when Beatles started Apple, Badfinger and him were some of the early guys that they. Mm. Uh, you know used and he had another band before that I think it was called The Flying Machine or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah that's the one. that was the one he references them in a song Sweet Dreams yeah. and Flying Machines yeah. and Pieces on the Ground Fire wow. and Rain which is also about the druggy wow. stuff or whatever yeah but he peaked early yeah which is fine you know because and another thing about these people that kind of like interests me is like how young they are and how early they peaked you know it's like
1: like 19 or
2: 20 years old yeah and you're like of and you course made they're it. junkies yeah cuz they can't handle it. You well, know you
1: grow up too fast. Well I think you know um I I actually listen to a lot of uh, Eminem stuff and some and he talks about it too saying, "Of course I'm a junkie. Everyone's he is a ha-
2: junkie?"
1: Yeah, everyone's handing you drugs. Like uh. like when you're when you're that level you just go to a party and people are just handing you drugs like you ca- how long can you say no? Yeah, you know, when you're in too. that world, you, even if you start out oh, I only smoke pot or whatever like that. Not not after a couple of years, you know. You, you start yeah, justifying and you, you, at some point you
2: you either die or change uh, acquaintances. Yeah. You go, yeah, or you, yeah, go into rehab. Yeah, or going to rehab or get married and get the out of there or whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's a vicious circle or whatever, especially in the music industry. But a lot of people didn't didn't necessarily, but mo- a lot of them didn't become junkies. But most yeah. of them did have a little bit of a problem back then because yeah. it was it was very. It was very like promoted, you know, like as oh, this it is was great. expected. It was before you started seeing all the deaths and all the right. aftermaths and all the. Uh,
1: it was, it, I mean, the, it, the, the
2: hangover yeah. that is now, of right? What happened? It was like then.
1: expected to me, yeah. you know, that, that these that that your your rock star was unruly and, and on something. I mean, you know, yeah. it's. Just the way it is.
2: Even though he really wasn't much of a rock star, he was a singer songwriter. Well, but yeah, he was yeah, rock, but I mean,
1: but he was in the rock field,
2: yeah. so yeah, entertainers, I mean, entertainers, entertainer, yeah, all yeah. the time, yeah. And they were the sensitive guys, and but what yeah, other thing that strikes me in, in his sense is to be like twenty or twenty-one years old and writing lyrics so introspective and deep and down. It's like really at this age already, <laughs> twenty-one. You know? I wasn't
1: too deep. No, you know I what was mean? like
2: cars and you know beer and all that stuff. Yep. But yeah, it's pretty amazing. And yeah, they they. They grow up early, and you can see it on their faces, kind of. Yeah. Even though, even and the director talks about it a little bit in the commentary about how like those actors were very young, but they don't look like very young. They already look like they're men, like they men 30s. They have they experience. Look, yeah, they look
1: thirties, you know.
2: But I have a different, I have a different perspective because I remember these guys when I was a kid watching them, and they always look like old, older, old guys to me. But now I go back, and the, my perspective is got. Like, Wow, they really looked young, you know. <laughs> I mean, look at James Taylor, he's so young, and right. Dennis Wilson, you know, before all the all the booze and all the over, you know, and all the death. overindulgence. And, all, and he yeah, looks and all like the crap death, now. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah, he's he's, he's he's pretty skinny now. He's, but, dead. Uh, he's
1: nothing. But
2: um, <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of weird the perspective. But yeah, they don't look like like back when they were getting like actors for like the Breakfast Club or yeah. Tom Cruise. They
1: always they perpetually look well, young, even when they're in their thirties.
2: Yeah, that, that crap. Me.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay. Anyway, all right, we're gonna take another. Well, so that's our two. That those. That's the bios of our the two stars of this movie. Stars. We're gonna take a quick uh, trailer break, and then when we come back, we're gonna head out on the highway looking for adventure.
2: A different movie.
1: Uh, yeah, I know. Okay, two two lane blacktop is up next.
0: Pistol. Nature was his friend. He was capable of great kindness. Smile. Until he met the born losers, they traveled in a pack like the animals they were. The people couldn't stop them. Only one of us had the guts to just cut them down. The law couldn't stop them. I had no choice but open the gates and let the animals of the world take home the born losers. The original screen appearance of Tom Laughlin in the role of Billy Jack. I'm an Indian, remember. And we're sneaky. We know how to strike seven. Anytime, any place. Tom Laughlin as Billy Jack, The Born Losers. An American International re-release. Rated PG. Hi! Hey! Run for your life. Mama's coming. Yeah! Hey! She's Kung Fu Mama. When she gets her dander up, hey! the hit men go down flattened by the deadliest weapons in outraged motherhood, the flying fists of Kung Fu Mama. You see, all of us have a few tricks. Now, let me show you one of mine, huh? It's a new motion picture experience in the martial arts with the top stars of Oriental hand-to-hand combat and Kung Fu Mama. Don't mess with Kung Fu Mama, the meanest mother of them all. Hey! Kung Fu Mama. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent.
1: All right. Kung Fu Mama. Uh, we need to watch that movie. Yes, we do. Right now. Okay, so now on to this show, as it were. Kung, uh, Kung Fu Mama. Oh my God. Yeah, Kung, <laughs> Fu Kung Fu Mama. So, yes. Uh, bla- yeah, Two-lane blacktop. um. This is uh like one of the like a road movie like, oh is it ever? I mean it, it this is one of those movies where like there's a lot going on, but a lot of it is is in stark emptiness like you know what I mean like like this is a very this movie is almost like a Seinfeld in that it's not about anything, but it's kind of about a lot of things. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Like, see, I can tell you didn't care for it as much as I did, or, or it just was. It wasn't that I didn't care for it. It just smacked of art. See, fartsy,
2: fartsy to me, even though it was a car movie, so it was kind of it kind of bucks the trend. It's like, hey, we're a car movie. We're going to show you all this hot rodding and all that. But then on the other hand, it's like this, also like this existential kind of European thing where not people aren't saying much, and it's like, yeah, you kind of, you're, it's up for interpretation. And you know, I I don't want interpretation. I want to know what
1: it's about. <laughs> you know, well, basically, we we start the the, the, the start of the movie. You just see this it's old fifty five Chevy and this thing is built for speed and only speed. There's no comforts of joy, there's nothing in it. There's a roll cage in it. It's primer it's primered because they, they strip the paint off to take weight down. You know, the trunk lid is comes off, it doesn't even have hinges, like they literally like <laughs> when you look in the back, uh, you just see the spare tires that they take yeah, out before yeah. every race. Like, so this thing is, and it's, and you start, it's, it's, there's a drag race. That's, that's the very beginning of this thing. And, um, and that's, the, the, these guys, no, nobody in here has names no, nobody in this movie yeah, the mechanic the, the mechanic, driver, the, the, driver girl. the girl and the gto yeah the, yeah, right. the gto is Warren, Warren one Warren yeah, great actor the best actor in the movie uh, the only actor in the movie yeah. uh, he's he's um hulka yeah hulka from, stripes. from from stripes that's what most people know him from but he was a tv
2: actor then he went to movies you know he did a lot of cool movies bringing the head of alfredo garcia
1: <laughs> he was the the Steve Buscemi of the time like one of those guys so ugly that everyone knows he, him, but you're like he
2: was more. Well, I shouldn't say that because Steve Buscemi was a badass in real life. He was a firefighter. And,
1: oh yeah, no, but, I, I, but, I, and I like them both. I'm not saying they're but, ugly, But Oates
2: was more of a badass in movies. Like he looked mean and nasty. He yeah. was playing comical here, but in some of the movies, he's just nasty and yeah, he was yeah. good at that. So that's the that's the the the
1: cast of this. And
2: Lori Bird, the Lori girl, Bird, yeah, the girl who was just in her
1: first movie, very young, just playing a hippie. She girl. died incredibly young. She actually committed suicide in in Art Garfunkel's apartment. apartment. Yeah, that was weird. And uh, we joked that she had must have listened to his album. And ah, uh, oh, that's remember. so sad. No, I don't yeah, mind. No, it's really sad. Simon actually. and Garfunkel are actually. Uh, they're they're. I don't mind them. I uh, do. So, <laughs> he, yeah, Doctor Morbius from Parts Unknown Known does.
2: I break guitars over <laughs> their music. <laughs>
1: Just I kidding, gave my kidding, girl a chicken kidding. that had yeah, right, no bones. Yeah, the um, they don't. The mechanic and the driver don't talk. In fact, when they do talk, they only talk about cars. Their their only sole concentration in life <laughs> is cars.
2: Oh, that's the part that weirded me out. It's like, what
1: the hell? They when they're driving, they're talking about weight to horsepower ratios when they're, when they're kind of, they cruise through parking lots to find their rube, who, whoever they're going to win money off of. And if it's too close, the mechanics like, no, don't do that one that has a Hemi and it's a light one. And it might keep up. They, they find their prey. They stalk their prey. And the only thing these guys do is drag race for money. And they're going across the country and they just go from place to place winning money, enough money to get to their next race to race again. Yeah. Like, that's it. The mechanic is constantly fussing with the engine, as mechanics do, like real hot rodders. The driver is could care less about anything else, you know. Uh, people come in and out of their lives, and they barely even acknowledge them as... as a being like the the, the we, we first are introduced to this. They stop after this drag race and they're talking cars and they're eating in this restaurant, some greasy spoon. You see in the background, this girl, a hippie chick from the sixties getting out of the, uh, an ice cream van or something weird. Yeah. And she just throws her duffel bag and gets into the back of their car. Now the back of their car, as I said, doesn't even have seats. You, you, you can see right through the roll cage where she's sitting there's a tire. The only thing there is a picture of a girl. Yes. Which is straight from, like, a craftsman tool catalog or something like that. Like, it's not a, 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 a sexy playboy girl. This is just a girl from, like, a snap-on tool calendar. And the when they get done eating, they get into their car. The mechanic slightly acknowledges that she's there by looking at her a little bit. The driver doesn't even look at her. In fact, he he doesn't even care. Like this girl is just there. They don't even care. Like they have no acknowledgement of like other things, people. You know, obsessive, obsessive, compulsive. compulsive. We can't think of a, a better word for it. Like the only thing in their world is just racing. Yeah. Um. Then you're introduced to the GTO guy, <laughs> and this is a guy. He is the exact opposite. While they don't talk, they don't. They let their car do the talking. In fact, the only thing that they talk about when they're even at the races is they are saying snide things to goad people into racing for money. the The mechanic is constantly saying, "Yeah, I bet it would blow our doors off, huh?" Like he, he says these inflammatory things to make to get people angry enough to say, "I'll give you three hundred dollars to race." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's right. it. Like, and they don't, you know, they don't. And this GTO is the exact opposite. Where Sergeant Hulka, which uh, the GTO war notes he stops and constantly picks people up and he just keeps talking and his story keeps changing. He, he, he puts himself into the 55 Chevy's world sometimes. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Like he, he changes his stories. He was a test pilot over Korea. He was a, He's now he's testing this car to drag race and yeah whoever he picks up he's got a different story for him yeah and he also changes he has a very big tape collection which at that time was a, and it's cassette it's not cassettes A-tracks. yeah and he he changes the tape for what he thinks the person would want to yeah. hear because when he's in a when when the, one time they're in a, sitting in a car show he has fifties music playing like yep. the yep. sock hop. When the Western guy gets in, he's playing that. Like when the hippie chick gets in, he she well she picks up the tapes and picks one. But so he is creating a mood in his car for that person, and then his story just changes, yeah. and we never know who he is. We never know what uh-huh. really he is. It's, that was that the weird scene was when he
2: picks up Harry Dean Stanton as the gay, the gay cowboy. cowboy Harry Dean Stanton oh, and man. it's like you see Harry Dean is like his arms kind of getting towards his knee and I'm like get out of there I'm not into that no he
1: said <laughs> at first he says I'm not I don't have time for that yeah in that I'm racing now like because yeah, the GTO, they see each other enough that finally they're like, "Look, we're going to race for pink slips. Whoever makes it to Washington D.C. first... Yeah, that's the plot of the movie. Gets gets the other person's car
2: because he thinks Warnos thinks that the G that the that the, the two guys are following him, and they're really not following him, but he's just got the
1: impression they're on that they are. Route sixty six.
2: Yeah, they're on Route sixty six, just looking for looking for a race. They're just looking for end. their
1: next race, and and you can tell by the tricks that these guys use that they've done this a very long time. Yeah. Um, like at one point they're waiting for a, a garage to open up the two, the driver and the mechanic go across the street and take a license plate off a, a different 55 Chevy. And they said, I don't like, I don't feel safe in this part of the country without they made it a local plate. They weren't doing it for anything other than just so like good old boys wouldn't stop them and kill them. And yeah. that's the bottom line. That was a very big concern, not not too long ago. The yeah, deep, yeah, the Deep yeah. South was a place where you might get killed because you're well, not around. Well, that was like the Easy you. Rider thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and he, and when the the cop pulls over the GTO, they stop. <laughs> this was this made me laugh so hard. They stop. The mechanic gets out and goes, "Hey, that guy passed us on the right, and he's on drugs or something like that." And the cop said, "We'll take it from here." Then they proceeded to light yeah, up yeah, then yeah. they light the tires up, like as they're pulling away this fifty five Chevy just lights them up yeah. like 'cause yeah it's inexplicable like and that 'cause so then they stop and then they started to argue a little bit the g t o catches up and says, you that was bullshit, and they're like, ah, we're with you, we're not you know they're 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 kind of saying, look, we're not we don't really care about this race, Well, they do care about the race, but yeah. You know the GTO guys because they just all they want to do is race. They don't <laughs> care. They don't
2: care about yeah, anything just, else.
1: Yeah. At one point, the GTO guy comes storming in when they're sitting there at a restaurant. This is later in the movie. They're having a conversation about cars. Like I said, that's all they t- talk about. In almost like in the background, Warnos walks in and starts talking to them directly. Pay
2: attention to him. They
1: didn't even hear him. Like he's standing at the table talking directly to them, and they're still talking about the weight ratio of blah blah blah. And then finally, the girl says, "Yes, they fixed your car because he yeah. cause he got too drunk." And then they fixed it in the morning, and then they left. Like that's like almost camaraderie where they fixed his own the the, the competitor's car and yeah. just left. Like the mechanic couldn't live knowing that this car needed some help, but he could have given it, and he didn't. You know, so he fixed it, and then they left. They didn't even look up at him. And 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 they didn't look up at him the entire time. He just sat down and started eating, and they're like still talking about. I don't yeah. know. It,
2: it's just it's 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 hard to explain how like droll, how like not not the word's not droll, but how like it's these two guys are just like their lives are so empty that's all, that all they're so, and then Dorn Oates, his life is so empty. But, in a different way, in you know the op- then he has to be way. in the opposite way, and then when the girl gets involved, then, like James Taylor and Warren Oates start feeling an attraction for the girl, so it 's kind of like they start opening up a little bit, you know what I mean, so she 's kind of like a catalyst. To wake him up, and then they're competing for her a little bit more so Warren right. than James Taylor, but she's like kind of like starts up that, but not it, really that much as far as James Taylor goes. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And and then one time he does get angry about it, and he has this look of like almost like yeah. he's like a devil. Yeah, yeah. When yeah, he yeah. starts driving the car, and and that's he he's like going after because the girl gets into the GTL's car, and at that point he gets pissed off that she left for that with that guy.
2: Even though even though they give you the impression throughout the whole movie that they don't even care. Yeah. I mean, you know, Dennis Wilson he obviously had... She a, slept with She slept Dennis. with him, and then later on, I guess, James Taylor, too. Yeah, but she slept they, with everyone, basically. They, they, just, they just seem like they don't
1: care at all, except for their cars, which is like... They don't know I, how to express anything other than their car. <laughs> and then when he gets angry, he gets in the car, and he's like, I'm gonna go find him. And he's driving like a lunatic, but... He's still in control because that's his car. He knows it so well, like, nothing can ever happen to him. Uh, And one thing that was a very, um, like, I don't want to say touching moment, but a, like, really stark reality is they pull off the road. They come flying up in the pursuit, and they quickly cut off the road because...
2: Well, they were playing chicken with the guy. Yeah, they
1: were playing chicken, but They wouldn't let him
2: pass. They wouldn't
1: let him pass, and then they come up over a crest, and there's a big car accident there. Yeah. And the the guy that they're playing chicken with just kept going, and they kind of went into a field. It didn't do any damage. There was no nothing reason. So they get out, and they're like, "There's a guy sitting on an, on the tire of an overturned truck, just sitting there looking at a dead body that's hanging out of a car. Like the the, the, the truck driver and the car had an accident." And he said, "A flashy car ran us off the road, and and that was the GTO." Oh, okay. So the GTO caused this crash, and in a time before there was cell phones, this guy was in shock. He's just sitting there looking at a, a body that he killed. Like yeah, it right. wasn't his fault. It was an accident, but he's just sitting there like stone faced and there's just a dead body laying there. He's like, his neck is broke. I, 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 you know, I, I couldn't do anything. So that was a very weird thing. And it also reminded you of a time when everyone wasn't connected all the time, which that's yeah. okay. Yeah, that's um, right. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't mind going back to those times. I don't need I
2: I don't need cameras watching everything. (laughs) Yeah. So,
1: um, even, even stoplights now. (laughs) So, yay. Um, so, and then the film, like then they set up another drag race there. They're in like this, they're in this shit kicker town. Oh no, it's in Memphis. Like that's where the, that's where this kind of ends. The GT, the GT, the, the girl gets on a motorcycle and just drives away.
2: Well, they they go, the the GTO. They both stop at a uh, an eatery place yeah, or whatever, just some restaurant. And again, then yeah. like the you know James Taylor's. St- I think he I think he started to connect with her. Like, hey, maybe we can go to some place or the other. And as we soon can as, go to Florida. And as soon as I mean, because Warren Oates was starting to hit on her. I was let's go to Florida. And she's like, eh. But then like she kind of got away from. it. But then when James Taylor started to like show some interest she took off so she's almost as empty she as they empty as are empty. too Yeah, you know because he it was almost like she peaked she was op- waking up James Taylor like hey maybe we can go and there's an auto parts in here or something a place yeah. in and here Chicago, or whatever that, in Chicago yeah and then and she just kind of like shut it off and found some other guy to she
1: doesn't want from. anything either yeah, so so like, all, so three, all four of them are the same they're all void they're all empty inside yeah, and she yeah. just said nah in fact in the background when she lay, leaves she's talking to this motorcycle guy there's not room for her stuff she just lets her ba- duffel bag lay yeah, there uh-huh. she just lets all her possessions go she has a fur uh, purse she like literally owns nothing she just gets on the bike and leaves yeah so she's out of the picture now they just now and now this is like they go to this drag race and um i think this, at this point the gto guy leaves right yeah, yeah. He he, he le- picks
2: up some. He picks up
1: another some marines.
2: Yeah, on he picks up or, some
1: marines and takes and drives away.
2: That's all he does. He just like drives and picks pitchhikers up and gives them the BS and he, story. He, and then yeah, he gave he the picked one up another guy before for like five minutes, and the guy oh like, the guy didn't like it. He just said yeah. He just let, let, the, hippie, off the, the hippie, the hippie's
1: like he started talking about his shit, and the hippie was like and I'm out here. And then I
2: think he picked up the grandmother and the daughter of the to car. Take or the him people to a that funeral he was it the people that he
1: killed accidentally or was t- somebody else? Yeah. It couldn't have been them because it was the same day.
2: Okay, all right, yeah. So,
1: like, he picks up anyone, you know? Yeah. And and, and it's very strange. Like, some people get a bad vibe and say, let me out. Um, and it was so... F- one of the differences, again, this, this highlighted the, the, the incredible difference. One point, the GTO guy is the passenger in James Taylor's car, in the, in the driver's car, and he starts talking. And Taylor says, shut up, I don't want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about anything, like he and and he shuts him off right before he starts his shtick. I was a test pilot. He's like, I don't care. Just yeah. shut up. All I care about is listening to my gears, making sure when I shift it's right. Yeah. And you know, and he and and that's the truth of it. You know. So the very last scene, you know, the, they start this massive drag race for um, for money, and the the end the sound drops out. The film does the burn and break, and that's the end of it. Yeah, man. End it's the of, 70s, man. End of movie.
2: The, the bizarre and non-ending. Or yeah,
1: whatever. so it's a non-ending, but it, in, in a way, it's like, this is just what they're doing. This is what they're going to do forever until they die or whatever. But there's no closure. There's no nothing. It just the, the girl leaves on the motorcycle. The GTO guy picks up people and starts talking his shit. And the race car drivers race, and that's the end. And the
2: mechanic fixes his car. And the
1: mechanic fixes, and that's the strange That's the movie. zen of life. Strange the movie. shit talker will keep talking shit. The girl will keep picking up rides. The racer will keep driving, and the mechanic will keep fixing. Yep. Yep. So, bang. Happy. I I love this movie. Um, what 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 do you give it? I don't love it. That's for sure. Yeah, I could tell. Uh, I'll give it a seven. All right, I'm going to give it a nine. That's a very high score for me. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week when we talk about Flesh Gordon or possibly what was that? Or Billy Kid
2: versus Dracula. One or the other, you'll get. Or Kung Fu Mama. Or Kung Fu Mama.